Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Finance Now podcast. This podcast is purely for informational and educational purposes, and it's my way of sharing my knowledge, research, and opinions with you. I'm Anurag Birla, and today I'd like to do a bit of an earnings wrap, where I'll briefly talk about what earnings and guidance look like for a couple of the big companies that may be of broader interest. So let's start with Microsoft. Now what's fascinating about this household name is that the stock is up more than double of what the S&P is up year to date. At one point in early Jan, Microsoft was hovering around the 220 range and yesterday market open was just south of 300. Prior to their Q3 earnings, Q3 because their fiscal year goes from July 1st to June 30th, they were trading at 275 and after market close, once they announced earnings and guidance for the next quarter, during extended trading hours, their shares at one point went up to 300. So let's break down why that was the case and what their earnings and guidance looked like for Wall Street to have gotten so excited. In a nutshell, Microsoft beat analyst estimates for both earnings per share and guidance. For earnings, the expectation was 2.23 per share, according to Refinitiv, and reality, Microsoft declared earnings of 2.45 per share, beating expectations by about 9%. The revenue predictions were 51.1 billion, whereas Microsoft showed revenues of 52.9 billion. The outlook for the fourth quarter by their finance chief, Amy Hood, implied a 6.7 growth in revenue, predominantly driven by AI. That predicted growth rate surpasses consensus estimates, according to Refinitiv. So how was this revenue broken down, and what was Microsoft's biggest growth driver? What was their intelligent cloud business? Which includes Azure, Enterprise Services, the SQL Server, and the Windows Server, which made 21, $22.1 billion, sorry, and that was a 16% climb in the first three months of 2023. Revenue from Azure and other cloud services grew by 27% year-over-year compared with 31% in the previous quarter. Their productivity and business processes segment posted $17.5 billion versus an expected $17.1 billion. This segment includes Dynamics, LinkedIn, and Office. Microsoft said that growth in revenue per user helped them achieve 14% more revenue from commercial Office 365 productivity software subscriptions and Teams had over 300 million monthly active users, which was up from 280 million in the last quarter. Now, moving on to their more personal computing segment, which includes Bing, Surface, Xbox, and Windows, they announced 13.26 billion in revenue, which was down 9%, but still above consensus estimates, which were significantly lower at 12.25 billion. Microsoft sells Windows and software licenses to third-party partners, and their Windows OEM revenue was down 28%. Now, this is perhaps due to the estimate 30% decline in PC shipments, according to Gartner. Well, what's exciting about Microsoft is that during the quarter, they announced a multi-billion dollar investment in OpenAI and would use its artificial intelligent models for Bing search engine and enhancements to its 365 productivity software. Another point to note is the block of the Activision acquisition, which news came in earlier this week. Gaming seems to remain a key part of Microsoft's business plans, with expected growth for the next quarter being in the mid to high single digits. And while I am personally disappointed that it has been blocked, I'm not too sure who the bigger loser between Microsoft and Activision is. In my opinion, for Microsoft, this side of the business 
now just becomes less and less about Xbox and game development, but more about Game Pass, online gaming, and subscription-based services revolving around it. Microsoft's growth is currently heavily reliant on their cloud segment, but in my opinion, as one of the best-run tech companies in the world, along with their bullish outlook on their adoption of AI, they do have a differentiated set of offerings that will hopefully work in their favor and propel them forward as a tech giant. Another household name that announced earnings earlier this week was Alphabet. Now, similarly, Alphabet also beat expectations on both the top and bottom lines. But what was eye-catching about this call was the authorization of a $70 billion stock buyback. The Google and YouTube parent company reported ad revenues higher than expected despite an industry-wide digital ad slowdown. Total revenue came in at about $69.7 billion against an expected $68.7 billion. Google ad revenue was $54.55 billion versus an expected $53.75 billion, while YouTube ad revenue was pretty much aligned with consensus estimates. Alphabet's Google Cloud unit managed to turn a profit for the first time, with revenue here growing by 28%, the fastest out of any of the company's business segments. This segment of the business directly competes with Microsoft and Amazon, who are seemingly ahead. A lot of the focus was also on Alphabet's efforts to lower costs. Obviously, their layoffs earlier this year, office space cutbacks, and cuts in employee services and equipment are included. When we look at the AI race and landscape, Google seems to have suffered. BART is obviously questionable and has not impressed anyone. Competition with Microsoft is seeing it fall behind. Another worry is the replacement of Google Search with Microsoft's Bing on devices like Apple's and Samsung's. Currently, Google holds more than 90% of the search market share, but with Microsoft ramping up its innovation and AI adoption, it'd be interesting to see whether they can eat into that market share. Sundar Pichai seems confident that Google will remain ahead in that regard and will continue to improve and innovate to maintain that lead. Another interesting thing to keep on the lookout for will be the annual developer conference next month, where new updates would be announced for products including Android and the Pixel phones. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about Alphabet at the moment. I'm not freakishly upbeat about the company, despite a fairly decent earnings. I just don't think they're maximizing their potential. They're still behind in the cloud business. Their ad revenue shows some strength, but TikTok is competing with YouTube in the short video market, and their push within the AI space hasn't been close to impressive until now. If they can turn things around and show justification for their capital expenditure through generating a lot more revenue and profitability, I'd I'd start to be a lot more convinced. Moving on, we saw the biggest jump in tech midweek by Meta, formerly known as Facebook, when shares surged about 12% after their earnings call. So in a nutshell, Meta's earnings blew expectations out the water. They raised their forecast on the current quarter as well as lowered its expense forecast, which is what caught most by surprise. After three straight periods of revenue decline, they finally had a growth of 3% in their top line. Their revenue from advertising and the revenue family of apps was higher than anticipated, and outlook for Q2 revenue is projected between $29.5 billion and $32 billion, compared to the analyst estimate of $29.48 billion. I guess one of the biggest takeaways for Meta is that they're becoming more and more efficient. They're continuing to cut costs and at the same time are consistently buying back stock with $41.73 billion more 
authorized as of March 31st. I guess with Meta, the spotlight should be on their Reality Labs arm, which includes their virtual and augmented reality developments. They posted an operating loss of $3.99 billion and added that the number will increase this year as they continue to make more investments in the artificial intelligence space along with restructuring costs. Overall, Meta's pivot from being a social media company to being a serious player in the metaverse and virtual reality space is in quite deep now. They've lost a lot of money and the road has not been smooth up until now, but they seem to be focused on the big tech industry trend of artificial intelligence. Personally, I think that the focus has got to be on the reality lab segment and how far off they are from achieving their ambitions. You know, a significantly lower revenue than estimated from that unit is a cause of concern. And given the amount of expenditure that's taking place, it's, it's a bit of a worry. And while the metaverse is a long-term project, there should be more convincing signs along the way of both efficiency in operations and general adoption in public. Now, before I wrap up, I just want to briefly touch on Amazon. It's a company I like and a stock I own. I'm recording this before Amazon earnings are released, so I can't comment on them, but surely they're poised to impress considering all the better than expected results from Microsoft, Alphabet, and Meta. A key thing that one should look out for will be AWS cloud revenue, as they are the biggest player in the industry with 34% market share, and this has been their growth engine. Consumer and business spending, I assume, would be lower given macroeconomic conditions, so that wouldn't necessarily help their e-commerce business, but it would be interesting to see whether the numbers surprise. After a brutal 2022, the stock has rallied 25% since the start of the year, and a strong earnings call and a good outlook in their Q2 guidance would solidify a much better than expected quarter from big tech, despite certain micro and macroeconomic drawbacks. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did make it this far, I thank you for listening. Once again, I'm Anurag Birla, and this is Finance Now. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer.